invite you to stand for the reading of the gospel. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that, when, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. This is the gospel of the Lord. All right, uh, I invite you to be seated. And Eva, uh, we're very happy to have uh, Eva Morton come and share a reflection with us today. Uh, we have to do the awkward thing of getting the headset on, though, <laughs> which is everyone's favorite, favorite time. Let's make sure you get it on here. just bow our heads in prayer. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. My father hated Mother's Day. He called Mother's Day and Father's Day a racket dreamed up by Madison Avenue to get us to spend money. My natural inclination is to avoid Mother's Day entirely. My own mother died of cancer when I was 47. My son died a year and a half ago. I am no longer the mother of a son. I am no longer the daughter of a mother. Whenever I see Mother's Day flyers and reminders to book your dinner reservations, I am reminded of what I no longer have. I especially cringe when people post photos of their parents on Facebook. I always scroll through those posts as quickly as possible. So why did I volunteer to preach on Mother's Day? I don't know. All I, all I can say is that God prompted me to do it. Sometimes we have to face down the sorrows which threaten to overwhelm us and march right through them. 
We can't get to the light on the other side without walking into the darkness. That's what Christian mystical writers tell us. And the psalmist tells us the joy comes in the morning. But we all know that you have to go through the night before you get to the morning. One of my earliest memories is of my father coming from doing chores with a bouquet of mayflowers in his hand. He stepped up behind my mother standing at the kitchen sink and turned her around to kiss her and give them to her. No special occasion, just a sweet romantic gesture, totally unexpected. Whenever he was asked what he would like for his birthday or Father's Day, he invariably responded, harmony and concord. One of many aphorisms he used to inundate us with. It actually became a bit of a family joke. And when we were out of his hearing, the five of us children would sometimes mimic him. Waste not, want not. Anything worth doing is worth doing well. There's no difference between work and play. That one really got us. But all this left an impression. And years later, when my children asked me what I would like for Mother's Day, my answer was always something like, peace and quiet, or be nice to each other. The Bible talks a lot about love. St. John especially, whose words we read today. You could say that the only actual commandment Jesus gave was to love God and each other. It's like a creed or a rule of life, not as complicated as the official creeds of the church, like the Athanasian Creed, for instance, but a very simple one. Love one another as I have loved you. Knowing that God loves me and knowing that God is always with me and knowing that if I allow it, if I allow God's love to flow down on me and flow out to those around me, that's how I get through the darkness into the light. That's how I journey through this pandemic. Jesus knows that we need each other. He understands our nature better than we do ourselves. His command is wise and exactly what is best for us. Jesus didn't ask his disciples to obey a list of rules. He told them to love one another. I can sing glorious hymns of praise in Sunday worship or wear a cross around my neck. I can give generously to the church or to charitable causes. I may volunteer at a local school or deliver meals on wheels or whatever else I'm allowed to do during this pandemic. But if I do it grudgingly or resentfully, how loving is that? A popular saying a few years ago was, love is a verb. When I was growing up in the United Church, there was a popular slogan in the 70s, live love. 
And it was on posters, it was on bumper stickers. We had them everywhere. And the Bible, especially in the book of James, admonishes us to be doers of the word as well as hearers. But if I am grumpy and cranky about it, what I am really demonstrating is that my time and my gifts are not being offered out of love, but out of obligation or guilt. Paul says, God loves a cheerful giver. That's what he said to the Corinthians. If the only reason I treat other people with respect and consideration is because I want to make a good impression or be admired because of how nice I am, or it's a special day set aside for it, I'm not honoring God. I'm seeking something for myself. Last week, I was binge-watching War and Peace, the miniseries. And one of the things that struck me was that the Rostov family, though on the brink of financial ruin, were so cheerfully generous, it was frankly astounding. Now, you may already know the story, the War and Peace story, and you may remember this. They, had, they were bankrupt, and yet they were always welcoming people into their homes, feeding them, keeping them for days at a time. It was amazing. It reminded me of the widow whom Jesus admired for giving more than she could afford to the temple treasury. Cheerful givers aren't as common as they should be. How many times has someone offered you something and immediately followed it with a but? But, it's a little out of my way. But, it will leave me short. But, I'll have to change my plans. But, it will take more time. They might as well not offer at all, right? I know I have been guilty of just this sort of thing. Once the words are out of my mouth, I wince, and I wish I could take them back. Too late. My so-called act of loving generosity has just become a means of making the recipient feel guilty for inconveniencing me. And they will probably never ask me for anything again. Jesus said that loving actions bear fruit. But if the fruit that is born is bitter or spoiled, what's the point? St. John says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the parent loves the child. Do you suppose that my attitude to the children of God is a reflection of my attitude to God the Father? Do I say I love God, yet feel resentful about Christian ministry? Am I here because I genuinely desire to worship? Or am I making an appearance out of obligation? The way in which I love my brothers and sisters in Christ should be the same as the love I have for our Father. This is a tall order. 
there's a reason Jesus insisted on it. He knew that without it being commanded, his followers would soon neglect it. As John himself observed. And if you read the letters of John, I find it really breaks my heart to read some of the things he wrote because near the end of his life, he was observing that Christians were, were arguing with one another, were, were, the church was breaking up into, into um, sections. You know, people were um, refusing to get along. They were arguing with one another. They were, it was so sad. And you think of John, after watching the, the beginning of the church and seeing it progress all his life, how heartbreaking it must have been to him to observe how soon Christians started arguing with each other and disagreeing with each other. I think that's why Jesus made it a command. This is an emotionally challenging time for us all. We've been on lockdown now for 14 months. I'd love to get out and enjoy some summer activities. I would love more than anything to hug everyone I know, even total strangers. There is such a longing in me to t for touch and human contact outside my small bubble. Mother's Day, with its reminder of gatherings in the past and of those who can't gather with us now, could just make it worse if I let it. But God has shown a better way. The Good Shepherd is leading, and he is directing us into the path of love. In today's Gospel passage, Jesus says, I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. It's true that we can't hug one another, but we can express affection and compassion in other ways like picking a bouquet of flowers. Let's ask our Lord to make us creative and generous. And remember, as we sang last week, the battle is not done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for love. We thank you that you commanded us to love one another. And we pray that we can take up that challenge and find creative and generous ways to do it. And you know what we're going through right now and you know how difficult it is. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to, to demonstrate your love for the world and to feel your joy as we do it. In Jesus' name, amen.